Greetings everyone and welcome to It's All Relative. I am K. Chris Anthony. If you're joining me for the very first time, which part you did the all this time? I mean, if you tell me, so I sit down right here, so I do all of this baga 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 chatting. I know just I hear about this and I tell myself, come, yo, set something or even listen for see what I go on. All in all, I want to thank you for joining and welcome to It's All Relative. And for all my relative listeners, thank you for your continued support every single time. Thank you. Thank you. Now, today's uh, podcast episode will be about mental health. And I won't be giving any form of statistical report about what Jamaica has been doing in terms of uh, mental health, uh, what the world has been doing about mental health or anything like that. I won't be giving that kind of information. Today, I want it to be a little bit more personal. So I will be talking about my journey with mental health. Uh, yeah, so I also want to apologize for the late post for this epi- uh, for this epi- for the episode for this week. Uh, you know, it has been a very emotional week. Um, really, it has been a very emotional week. Uh, with a lot of things that have been happening um, with my family personally and um, things that have been happening in Jamaica really uh, so I will be talking about mental health or my mental health uh, in this episode uh, the, reason, the reason why it has been a sad week for me you know because of a story that was a story or an an incident that happened over the uh the previous weekend um what had happened so the gleaner published the jamaica gleaner published a story on saturday june 5th 2001 and it reads that the police are reporting that 49-year-old Ava Tonwell of Shorter Drive, Kingston 8, is suspected to have committed suicide at the Flatbridge in Spanish Town, St. Catherine. It is reported that about 2.20 p.m. on Friday, Tonwell, who the police say had been lingering around the bridge area since 10 a.m., allegedly drove to the middle of this structure, stopped and then drove her Suzuki Grand Vitara in the river. She was assisted by divers and taken to the hospital where she was pronounced dead. Now, Miss Tonwell, basically, so what the essence of the story is that she committed suicide, which is basically the highlight of this episode for this week. Even though the week is concluding, but for this week and depending on how the length of the story goes you know i probably made this in a part episode like this part one of another episode you know um so yeah so i will just go right into the story as to how it is uh, uh, the challenges for me well go- going through uh going through this life with mental health 
issues um you know it all began and before i even say it all began you know i did say that this is going to be more like an intimate story a very and i don't know if it's going to be emotional or anything but i don't think it's even time or i'm even ready to even divulge much information about this because very 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 few persons know the full extent of my life story right but i will just give uh just give you a little bit of what i experienced uh in terms of mental health leading up to now right uh so for me it all started when i was young like very young and having experienced some of the things that i experienced as a child you know when you watch tv and you see how children well as a child i used to things or even today when you watch the television and you see how children are being portrayed on television as you know when the summer comes they have a bicycle they can ride up and down with their friends hang out with their friends play video games and you know chat have sleepovers and stuff like that i don't even know if those things really happen i don't think those sleepover thing really happen in jamaica but it's very high it's well highlighted on television right you know and having to go to the movies and to the beach and you know enjoy things that a child should do you know having toys and stuff like that yeah stuff like that and you know as i as i grew up you know i wasn't one of those persons to be privy who was privileged to 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 engage in such frivolity you know uh it was very difficult growing up and i'm not saying this to compare it to any other person's difficulty because everybody has their own journey everybody has their own stru- have their own struggle as to what they uh how they go through these struggle how they overcame them who who and who are, and persons who are still overcoming them and even so persons who are still going through them so it's not a comparison because i have my own struggle i'm, compa- I'm not comparing it to anyone else i have my own so i'm just sharing some of the things that i went through which contributed to my mental health as an individual and this is very personal for me very very personal for me um yeah so it all started when i was uh well not the mental health but the contributors towards it all it all started when i was young and my mom was not somebody who was i wouldn't say she was bright or anything but her education at the time um was up to the primary school level heading into the junior high or would you say pre high school level the junior high level right because my grandmother which is my mother's mom the <laughs> um stopped her from attending school at a very young age because my mom is the second of six children uh, for my grandmother. All my other uncles and my aunt, uh, they had the privilege of attending high school and 
furthering their education but my mom was not privy to such i mean i've heard stories from my mother about things that my grandmother did to her um in terms of the whole aspect of abuse and stuff like that i have heard my grandmother said some things about my mom which was really hateful and some really 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 dirty things about my mom and the whole aspect of abuse that they that she went through growing up and the the fact that she had to be the one to be and uh, who's always been scolded for the things that um her probably her younger sibling well, probably her younger siblings did you know and all of these things so yeah and that's just to give you a, a little synopsis of the things that happened so i can remember as far back i can try and remember as far back as how young i was you know uh i remember a story uh i remember as far back when we were living in the country and by country i mean we were living in rural st catherine because i'm from st catherine um bogwalk to be exact um my mom is from st mary but she grew up in in um in bogwalk st catherine because that's where her family is from and my grandmother's side of the family is all is from Maypen Clarendon you know uh there was a time when i was uh we were living in the country and i started attending boarding school when my little brother came who is now 27 years old i'm 29 cuz yeah who is now 27 years old so i had to go to boarding school just for a short period because my mom had just had my little brother and you know she was in her early to mid 20s and she wanted to start making things on her i don't know the back story as to why she left how um left home from bogwalk because it was a big family it was a very big family because it was i think it was like four generations of persons living in the house at the time but there wasn't enough space because my grandfather was there my great grandmother and my great grandfather were there so i'm coming from a lineage of a long line of people because my grand my great grandfather um was born in like 190 or 190 something yeah 190 something yeah and his father was and my great grandfather's father or p- parents rather were basically a part of the the whole free um slaves that were freed back in the days back in 198 back in 1834 when the declaration was read <coughs> pardon me um excuse me so yeah so i guess she wanted to venture out on her own so she came to kingston um trying to make a better life for herself you know to make better for herself and for her two children at the time well three because my eldest brother was there but he wasn't with us he was living in westmoreland with his grandmother so it was just my myself my little brother and my mom my father wasn't around at the time either i know my father i knew knew of my father but he wasn't around at the time uh so my mom left from bogwalk uh to come and and came to kingston as i said trying to make a better life for herself and for her for her two children that she's now taking care of right um and she went to there's a place in 
on Marcus Garvey Drive, you know, where the, indus- the industrialized area of, of Kingston and St. Andrew, where they do all the shipping and the logistics and the, you know, there, there's a place they call Free Zone. My mom used to went um to still go out there and she learned how to use her hand. I can tell you that my mom is very, very, very domesticated. My mom is now in her in her close to mid-50s right now. And I can tell you that my mom is very muscular. She's she knows she loves using her hand. She loves farming. She's very domesticated. Any little work she get cash. My mom used to even do landscaping. And one of the things that my mom is very good at and what and something that she taught all her five children was how to sew. Like every single one of us, basically we're all boys, um really. Well we, not, why did I say really? We're all men. <laughs> you know, the eldest one is 32, I am the second of five, and my youngest brother is um my youngest brother is 17 the other one is will be 21 august coming and as i said before my other brother who is two years younger than i am is 27 years old and she taught all of us how to sew every single one of us how to sew i mean she taught my eldest brother um when he became 18 when he started living with us how to do all of those to use his hand to put any one of us around a machine we can use it a sewing machine we can use it for example, because all of us can make clothes. Every single one of us can make clothes. I can basically make like carnival costumes and such. So I am hoping as soon as I'm finished, I'm finished with my practical, basically finished my degree program. So I'm um, to graduate in November coming from the University of Technology, Jamaica. So I'm hoping to do all of that and get my foot foothold in so I can get everything sorted out so I can do all the drawings and everything and the whole construction of kind of a costume but let's get into the whole aspect of the mental health problem so yeah uh so my mom i don't I'm, and as, as again i'm trying to remember as much as i possibly can um without even giving too much information really because it's not something that i'm really really ready to share with the world but there are some aspects of it that i would want to share that would lead you up I let you understand where the whole aspect of mental health come from comes from by extension the whole uh, uh suicidal thoughts several suicidal thoughts um so my mom went to free zone my mom used to and she learned how to sew and use her hands furthermore my mom used to not even so she learned how to sew because my her my mother's mom is also a tailor or dressmaker whichever one you'd like to call it um you know there's those old machines that you use your foot and crank with yes my grandmother used to have a lot of like several of those and my mom used to learn how was learning how to do it as bad as things were my grandmother actually taught my mom how to sew really but that's as far as it goes from there anyways um things i don't know and my mom used to make like bean bags and cushions and pillows and used to walk and she used to sell those things yeah man she used to sell those things but things weren't really looking up as much with her you know and i remember when things got really bad uh we moved from that's when she took me from boarding school and she took myself and my little brother when she was you know making a little bit of money on the side for herself was making a little bit of money for herself where she could not afford to 
where she could now afford rent and a place of her own. So she rented this place on Shorted Road, which was just below where my grandmother was used, uh, well, where my grandmother is living. Right? Pardon me again. And, you know, we were living there in a little one-bedroom home. Yeah, like a one-bedroom. So one-bedroom and we had uh, a, um, a bathroom for ourselves. And the landlord was also there on the property as well, living on the property. So I just went out on one room. So it was me and my little brother and my, and my mom there at the time, you know? Yeah. Chilling and everything. So my mom only had a bed and a radio and like a little chest of draw thing, thingy, you know, where she'd store her clothes and we would put our clothes, you know, store, put our clothes and everything. And that's as far as it goes. In terms of television and entertainment and those things, never had those things any at all. Never had those things. So, hardship kind of hit us where I don't. I think my mom had lost the job and she couldn't. She wasn't able to pay the rent anymore, or whatever. So she decided that she was going to go to her mom. And mark you, the relationship between my mother and my grandmother is not something that is good. So my mom went to her house because my mom, my grandmother had the space because at the time she my grandmother was living even though my mom was in her 20s her mid 20s uh my grandmother had has five other children as well and the youngest one which is my uncle who was living there at the time I think he was probably in fifth form or or grade or sixth form or something but he was going to high school at the time so she went there and to to with myself and my little brother to live with her until she can you know get herself together come on get herself together it got really bad when my mom went there when she went to my when my mother went to her when my mother went to her mother well when it went to her grandmother to my grandmother and spoke to her about you know wanting to stay there and she pleaded with her to say that you know it's your grandchildren and you know you would really allow us to be out on the road or whatever until my grandmother actually agreed and my mom took up the again the radio the chest drawer and the big bed the bed and she we moved up to my grandmother's house in one of the rooms so you know my mom being at being at the house you know she do what she can say so clothes to wash the house to clean food for cook my mother will do all of that because my mom is aware of how my grandmother is you know and how these things i do apologize for the ambient the ambient noise that's in the background and whatever whatever um yeah so those things were, uh was up my those are the things that were you know going on regarding that where am i going on regarding that so my grandmother and my mom never had the most, the greatest relationship, like the most friendly relationship. So it wasn't even long since we started living in the house where my um where it started to get bad. There was a lot of arguments and there were this and there were that was there was always this fuss and this fight. Until one day and I would never forget I will never ever forget this there was this one day this one night 
that my my little brother was there. I think I was like um, four, five years old. I think five, six years old. I think I think around that age. You know, my little brother was very young, very very young. You know, um, there was this argument this one night with my mom and my grandmother. It was extremely bad. And my mother was, and my grandmother would tell us, you're nasty, you're this, you're dirty blood clot, this and whatever, whatever, whatever. You're not come out for not no good on this. And all of this. I remember all of these. I remember these things. Because what I, what I recognize is that when, you, when persons have traumatic experiences, they never forget them. Ever. Or they never, they, they don't forget the details of it. Another thing, whenever things seem so important, never forget these things. And my grandmother cussed up the bad words and she tell her the most dirty and things and whatever. Until my grandmother started wanted to like put her hands on my mom and my mom was like and she she my grandmother actually put her hands on my mom and my mom could just stood just stand there and take it because there is and that's what and the thing about it is that my mom had so I still had respect for her mom because she don't believe in you know, hitting her mother in any way, shape, or form, regardless of the situation. No, she's not going to do that. She didn't even fight back or anything. Until it got so bad when my grandmother was looking at my mother and said, take you and your refugee pitney them and come out our house. Take you and your refugee pitney them and come out of my house. And my mom was like, they're crying and crying and crying. I was like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you doing this? Really? Why? What's good? Why? We don't have anywhere else to go. Why are you doing this? And my grandmother got so angry where she grabbed my little brother and she flung my little brother. And my mother was so quick enough that she could grab him before he could actually hit the wall. I mean, he he is... His head hit the wall, but my grand, but my mom was in time to wait him there, to grab him so that it didn't cause a lot of damage. So she grabbed him and just flung him, like she lifted him up with one hand and fling the little boy, and said, "You and your pitney them come out, your refugee pitney them come out our house." And my grand and my mom just like grabbed him and just ease her up and said she's not going to stay in the house and make she, she make make said to my grandma said me not going to stay in the house here and make you kill off me and me picnic them me not going to do it and my mother was crying 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 and I was there I was there hollering as to what was going I didn't even understand what was happening but I was hollering because people was bawling too right so my mom just took up my my brother took my brother and me and she just went outside on the roadside at the gate and my mom was sitting there my mom was seated outside there and um and was crying and i was like there hold and she was holding my brother because my brother was really crying i was really really crying and i was um i was holding my mom and i was like mom and i, I said mom is what where we're gonna do what what gonna happen what's what we're going what we're gonna do and my grandmother proceeded and take in taking up her clothes and the belongings. She didn't take like the furniture and stuff there. She didn't take the furniture or whatever. Because the room was empty 
and you know the furniture being there would have just you know made the room look better but she took up the whole of the clothes and threw it out on the road in front of you and she tell me if we come out and move from her yard gate we will come out our house and them stuff there and my grandmother took went inside and catch a bucket of water and came outside and throw and doused us with the water whilst her clothes and she said me I beg you to move from me at gate because she don't want none of our neighbors them and she was very loud about it she don't want none of our neighbors them to know fitting set is a refugee camp she run. And my mother was there crying, like she was there crying, crying her eyes out. And you know, I, my mom took, it was like, and again, it was like in the night, like I don't even remember what time it was, but it was in the night. So my mom took up my little brother, took me by the hand and she just started walking. She just started walking. My mother had nowhere to go. Then the time the cell phone cell phones wasn't even around. Then the time this was in 1990. Odd. Yeah, 1990 something. But you know, these were the things that were happening. My mom never had she had nowhere to go. She didn't know what to do. At the time it was like phones on the road where you you know those cable and wireless phone where you have to like Go, go to keep, buy one of those cards and put the card in the slot and you just dial the number and you wait name there. You buy the minutes and you put it in the, it in the card slot and you take up the phone. And you, like, mm-hmm. they, like in America, they have pay phone and you put the money in the slot. No, we, you have to just go buy the, the card or the minutes, put it in the slot and you dial the number or whatever and you make your call. And my mom never had any money at the time to even do those things. So we walked and we walked and we walked. And I was complaining that I was tired and my mom was extremely tired. But we walked and we walked and we walked till we ended up down um, by the waterfront in downtown Kingston. You can you imagine walking from Shortwood Road? From Shortwood Road, near like below where Stella Mars is. If I should pinpoint the ex- um, I don't want to pinpoint the exact location, but if you know where Stella Mars Roman Catholic Church is. It's below there. Below there. That's where we used to live. And she walked from there straight to downtown. The waterfront, downtown Kingston. In at the night. And we got there. And you know, my mom never knew what else to do. I mean, she did grab up some of the clothes. And though wet they may, though wet they may be, she grabbed up some of the clothes then. And she, we proceeded to walk. And she walked and she walked and she walked until we end up in um at the waterfront downtown. You know, and when we end up at the waterfront downtown, you see, it was very it was it was when I recognized that, you know, you know, my mom started to talk to us. I didn't even remember what some of the things and that she said to me. But I think it was at that time my little brother and I knew that we had to grow up and we had to grow up fast and by growing up fast meaning that it was at that point we probably i mean or as time progressed it was at that point leading up uh if it was at that point and as time progressed you know we get to understand that you know 
life for us is not going to be easy. It, sorry about that again. It's not going to be easy at all. It is not going to be easy. And, um, you know, it just wasn't going to be easy at all. And we get to understand, as time, as again, as time progress, you know, we understood that we were, we weren't going to have a normal childhood. So we ended up downtown and we basically had to like sleep on the roadside downtown. Yeah. Like for months we were sleeping on the roadside downtown. My mother had to even be fighting with mad, with madman as Jamaican would call it. Homeless on the street. She had to be even fighting with madman for even get cardboards so that she can build up one little makeshift something so that we can at least be protected. And that was the life for me. Um, at that time, you know, growing, um, and that was my life for a good couple of months, probably six to eight months. That was the life for me and my mom would try would leave, would leave us out there and with my brother and I and we would stay there because again I was the eldest I was the, it was me and my little brother so I was older so my mom would like leave us there just if she can go into town to go and hustle up as anything that she can find so that we could even have things something to eat or whatever but at the same time there are many nights that we went to bed without anything and my mom would normally tell like you know put little salt on your tongue and drink some water and go and go sleep and my mom would cry herself to sleep you see the waterfront at downtown Kingston and the Palisades Strip it means so much to me and my friends know that this that those two areas mean so much to me because it brought back, back a lot of memories you know, um, very emotional memories. And for me, the Palisades, being at the Palisades, you know, and sitting on this, because at the time it was, it never had the the stones and it wasn't as structured as it was because there was bushes on one side that would face where the factories are and the, and the, and, the, and downtown Kingston, while on the other side that faced out into the Caribbean Sea there. So, you know that other side there would be bushes and stuff but it wasn't bad as it is when the before the whole when hurricane used to erode the um take away the sand and you know would over, would just flood the entire roadway and then them start to put up the stones and everything out there so the palisades was something that holds a lot of memories for me it's a reason also why i love seafood and the reason why my brother hated seafood because when I was there with my mom, my mom taught us how to fish. And there are times when we had to live on fish and stuff or whatever. You know, and my mom really, really tried at that time. At that time. And that was just one story. And that's just one story as to the whole traumatic experiences. Um, going to another story was probably, you know, I think I should make this like a, a, um, a part, part two or three, or put this in, put this in parts so that, you know, 
I don't want to keep this podcast running for too long. But let me just finish up this one, this podcast episode. So let me just finish this up, this one part, this one story. Um, yeah, let me just finish this one story. So my mom would cry many nights to sleep. And she would always, always protect us, you know. And there are things, certain things that my mom, you know, those fecal positions that you would lay on your side and you curl yourself up in that fecal position. My mom would normally curl up like that and she would, and I would curl up like that and put my, and put my back against her stomach or rather her chest and her stomach in that same position. And my little brother would do the same thing in front of me and she would just hold us and she would hold us so tight because I knew that my mom was protecting us from all of what we were going through at the time. She was and I really, really appreciate the things that my mom has done for us. Um, the things that she continues to do and the things that she probably have in place for us as old as we are now. I mean, I really do appreciate the things that um, my mom has done for me, you know. And... As I said, it wasn't it wasn't easy growing up, and it there was even a silver lining out of the whole situation where, um, even while well before I even reached there, you know, um, well let me go there. There were silver linings in the whole situation where my mom, um, she. I had met a friend who was in the Jamaica Defense Force and she contacted him and he was a mecha- um he was a mechanic as well before he joined the Defense Force he was a mechanic and she and he helped her to understand certain things about mechanics and stuff so she would go there and help out and you know make a little money on the side until she eventually got something for herself and then she basically took us from she basically took us from out of that situation from that situation and she um when she made enough money she's basically like drove around with him and the two of us and she would like you know ask her own persons if they have any if there's anywhere to rent that they're renting anywhere stuff like that whatever till we end up in um till we ended up in um vineyard town right um yeah so like i said i think i'm going to um pick up on this story in another episode so yeah for and that's just one of the stories, one of the many stories. Again, there are many, there are things that happen in between this story as well that I really don't want to go into. Um, yeah, but I guess this is my story. I'm sharing it with you. 
and as I said, I will pick up on um, another pick up on um, pick up with another story. I'll pick up from here, leading into another story in another episode. So, yeah. That was part one of a four-part series on It's All Relative. Stay tuned for part two.